0: Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox, The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. Hello and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. My special guest on this episode is thriller writer Meg Gardner. As an Edgar-winning novelist who writes fast-paced and nail-biting Hitchcockian thrillers, Meg knows more than a thing or two on how to lure people in and keep them turning pages deep into the night. The dark corners of the night, to be exact. With three powerful series to her credit, the Evan Delaney, Joe Beckett, and Unsub series, as well as three standalone thrillers, Meg shows no signs of slowing down. In fact, Amazon Studios snagged the rights to the dark corners of the night, and thanks to the brilliant agent-producer skills of the Story Factory's Shane Salerno, we'll be anxiously awaiting for Caitlin Hendricks to keep us glued to the screen when the show debuts very soon. Now, Meg was born in Oklahoma City, raised in Santa Barbara, and educated at Stanford. And I could go on and on about all her accolades, but I would rather get right to it with one of my very favorite authors, the beautiful, talented, and oh-so-funny Meg Gardner. You have the classiest backdrop uh, I've seen.
1: Well, thank you. It took me a while to realize that if we were always going to be, like, Zooming, I needed to get rid of all the stacks of junk that were in my office and, like, actually make it look like it was a, a place where a grown-up could sit. <laughs> for yeah. <a> little bit. <laughs> I followed Rate My Skype Room on right. Twitter, which was Rate My Skype Room, which would like, it would judge, it was just extremely judgy about people's Zoom background. So I, um, I decided I would clean up my act.
0: I heard about that. I've actually had people say, you know, uh, and this is back when I was just doing audio. They said, you know, um, and I tried my hand at the video and just, it was mm-hmm. miserable. They said, you know, you, you actually can get rated by this company. I'm like, Oh yeah it,
1: yeah. it wasn't a company. It's just it's just a dude out there, of, of just being um, either snarky or, or happy. <laughs>
0: oh 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 oh! I thought it was like a, a, some kind of official. Like if you pass this, that you were some kind of you were in the uh, the cool crowd.
1: No, well, no. There's just a dude, a dude a dude on Twitter who calls it "Rate My Skype Room" and he posts posts pictures and says that this one looks like your background looks like a hostage video, where this one looks like you're like... <laughs> Yours is nice and cool. I like the depth. I like the colors. I like the lamp and uh, you know, it's very clean. Very. Yes. There you go.
0: Last time I saw you was Warwick's in La Jolla. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think we were talking about, well, it could have, no, it had to have been uh, the dark corners of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Great turnout. Always fantastic. You were delightful.
1: Well, thank you. I was so happy that you came. I was it's always, it's always like, is there gonna be anybody there? You know, they could have one seat set up and you just stare at it. Yeah. Hoping that...
0: I'm not sure who that hack was that was with you.
1: Some guy he wandered in off the street and I asked him if he'd be if he... I told him I'd buy him a slice of pizza if he'd sit in the other chair.
0: Yeah. I'm homeless guy really knows how to interview.
1: Yeah, just lucky me.
0: John Winslow. He, I'm telling you what, man, I, I find myself gushing entirely too much about that guy. Uh, there's just mm-hmm. something about him that you can't not like. But isn't he a sweetheart?
1: He is. He's, and he's extremely generous. He's been very generous and helpful to me. And I appreciate it more than I can say. Yeah.
0: You know, he lives an hour from here.
1: I know. I know. I mean, he had to drive. He, yeah, he he drove all the way out to, to La Jolla, which I think he would have rather sat at home and done it by Zoom. But he was extremely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think he likes
0: the limelight. I got to see him also another uh, uh, let's see, it was after that. Got to see him and Adrian McKinty at uh, the mystery shop. Mysterious
1: uh, bookshop uh, in uh, New York. Oh uh, yeah. What a no, he's rich. great. I mean he's got he's got a very he's got a he's an excellent raconteur. So uh so yeah.
0: I, I never knew he was such a kidder until you you put him in a room with like Adrian and they're just
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so you back
0: know. to Warwick. So w- what have you been doing? First of all, how did how did COVID go and treat you? Let's start there. And and what have you been doing since? Darth
1: Likewise, Warwick? Uh, Warwick says you I'm sure you this was the same for you. That was I mean, after that, every day it got weirder and weirder until, you know, um, uh, by the time I was you know, the next week as I was coming home from the end of book stuff, I, you know, the the jokes had stopped and I was calling my husband frantically and saying, you know, like, get a machete, go to the supermarket and start stocking up now, because if you wait till I get off the plane, <laughs> we're going to starve. Um, so then, uh, you know, everything I, I stayed, I stayed home. I stayed home for, for, for 15 months and it was, um, I'm fine. We, we, we're, we've stayed healthy. We're vaccinated. Um, everybody in my family has stayed healthy so far. Uh the two out of the three kids are have are, are fully vaccinated. Um the, the 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 third is in England and waiting for his second dose. Uh but you know it became it got I got cabin fever. I I felt like a, a squirrel trapped in a in a hollow tree after a while. It was just it was it was just crazy. But on the other hand, I kept thinking I'm scattered, I'm unfocused, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And I, I I was hugely productive when I look back on it, which I guess, okay, lock me in my office and tell me if I step outside, I'll, I'll turn, I'll die. Then I guess maybe I'll sit down and write. Right. How about you? Well, it's so funny. People have asked me on a several occasions, oh my
0: God, Dave, how are you doing? Oh, I'm like, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. I sit inside a room all day writing and I sat inside a room all day writing. I didn't go to, I've got a couple of favorite coffee shops nearby. And I've, the Encinitas Public Library, which mm-hmm. if you've never seen it, is stunning. It is one of the best views in town. So I, I tend to sit there and just kind of gaze. Oh, yeah. So that was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of a piece of cake. And I I, I, I caught a couple of my friends who were, who were writers who said, uh, I said, you know, so come on, tell me what you've been working on. Well... Yeah, so distracted by all the COVID that I couldn't really write, and I'm like, but it's you're 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 purposely. I, I,
1: I have I have yeah. At first I felt like that. I was just kind of like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was just I, you know, addicted to to whatever the latest. Findings and research and everything was. but then eventually deadlines are are wonderfully focusing. so uh, that was that was possibly one of the reasons it was uh, so helpful. My husband uh, also has he he works at home. He travels quite a bit, but uh, has pr- is primarily uh, he's in tech, and he had already primarily been working remotely, but we realized that if we were both here, full-time 24 7 365 that our work styles in adjacent rooms are extremely different different but um thank god i discovered uh noise canceling headphones <laughs> oh, aren't they the best unbelievable Fabulous. Uh, and you know what
0: I-, I am looking forward to this do you have the do you have the bows
1: or do I you have, have the... i have the beat solo pro Fantastic.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's about the same thing. But
1: I should, yeah, I should write to Dr. Dre and tell him he had saved my marriage. But (laughs) whatever.
0: It's funny, Tammy Tammy works in her office, uh, AKA bedroom down the hall. So when she's on Zooms and I'm on Zooms, you know, we just try to keep our. Yeah.
1: Well, and I should, I mean, yeah, we can, we can complain as long as, as long as we want. All my kids are out of the house. I was not also running, you know, multiple Zoom classrooms, right. <laughs> trying to get the bandwidth and uh, and run a small business. Uh, so we're, we're fine. We're absolutely fine. I've been able to travel now, get out to see my mom, get out to see my daughter. So uh, life is okay. Nice. Where is mom? Mom's in Santa Barbara.
0: Oh, that's right. You spent lots of time there.
1: That's where I grew up, so yes, mom's in Santa Barbara. Uh, daughter is in Menlo Park, so um, it's it's been it's been nice some nice travel that I've been able to get out and breathe and remind myself what summer in California is like versus Austin, Texas.
0: <laughs> I would all right. There's there's two things. First of all, Santa Barbara, for those who watching who don't know anything about it, is Probably quintessentially, a, I call it bubble of perfection. <laughs> Austin, however, I have learned from my friends, uh, Susie Spencer and May Cobb, and uh, others like that, that Austin is a
1: little on the warm side. Occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally, but it's a wet heat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just stand in the garage after you come back from walking to the mailbox and just put a fan on yourself for an hour.
0: And speaking of Austin, I hear the, the city is blowing up.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's 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 expanding massively, and they're they're happy to to gobble up everybody who wants to to turn up from anywhere else in the world. So, uh, I mean, construction's is massive. Um, you know, traffic follows uh, with that, but uh, you know, it's still, it's still you know, it's, it's a it's a good it's a good city. It was a good place for us to land and. Um, when we, when we had moved back from England uh, to, to the U S and, you know, fun city, huge outdoor lifestyle, great food scene, great music scene. There's a book scene. um, Texas book festival is here, which is amazing and enormous, you know, every year, 40,000 people uh, attend, you know, over the weekend. So, yeah.
0: Note to self Austin book festival, Texas book festival, Oh, Texas oh they even closed downtown
1: they close down the main the the main drag downtown Congress Avenue and the, they hold half of it they a lot of it on the state capitol grounds and it's I see the c-span bookmobile is here and you know it's uh it's a big deal so I got
0: to see you at thriller fest 2019 I'm just curious because I want to talk about that how how does this compare to that well it's it's just a book festival so it it's it's not the same kind of a festival. Look.
1: Thriller Fest which is really a writers conference which is uh sessions with authors uh several days just about sessions about craft, about you know different aspects of the craft of writing, author interviews uh on 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 a couple of the days and Thriller Fest really has become more focused on the business of writing and the craft of writing. They've got a master you know mastercraft classes for that you can sign up for a day with with a published author who will you know workshop uh your your stuff they have a lot of sessions about publishing they have you know pitch sessions with agents the texas book festival it's inviting colson whitehead and tom hanks and you know famous people to come and have uh, and have thousands of people come listen to them and then and then they've got all the other author panels on different on different topics as well but it's it's open it's free to the public and they like i said they have usually have around 40,000 people uh, over the course of the weekend attend, as opposed to thriller Fest has, we'll have, you know, several hundred. So yeah, that's crazy. we got tacos for everyone here. <laughs> it's okay. They don't, they don't run out.
0: This whole taco thing has become this whole uh, subculture. Um, I'm starting to see it show up as, you know, it used to be five gold stars. If you did something good, now I'm starting to see five gold tacos or. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, as far as, as far as cults go, there are worse ones to join.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So back to Thriller Fest that uh, we had to take off, of course, 2020. Um, 2021 was virtual. I hear from KJ Howe that it's coming back in 22 in early June, I want to say.
1: Late May, early June. Yeah.
0: You're going to be there.
1: I am hoping I will be there. Yeah. Uh, I have a child who lives in New York City, so uh, there's there's always uh, a reason to attend Thriller Fest.
0: What is one of your favorite? It's probably different from your side of the desk than mine. Because I, I want to ask you your favorite thing about that. What, what, what do you always get inspired by? I mean, for a guy who's coming up as a self-publisher, I'm looking for the way the business is run and how to run my business and learn the craft from authors like yourself and so forth. But from your side, besides being, I just want to know what it's like on your side of the table.
1: Oh, as going in as a, as a already published author. I mean, I, I, I'm a joiner. I enjoy conferences. I, I mean, I sit at my desk all year uh, talking to the people in my head. So uh, having a a conference or a convention um, where I can get out and uh, meet up with like-minded folks as, as a reader as well as a writer and just spend several days doing nothing but talking about the topic I love the most <laughs> right. in the world about writing and books. That's, uh, that's like, um, that's just like playtime for me. And I just, I just, I just love going to that. Th- I mean, um, Thriller Fest has, uh, again, it's in New York City. So that's always been a huge draw for me. I, I love having a chance to get, get to New York. And the past few years, I've always, I've done just panels at Thriller Fest, which is, you know, talking about, you know, like whatever topics like, bad guy or, you know, heroes who wear black hats or, or or some, you know, they have all kinds of different topics for every, for every session. Um, But doing the, the craft fest part of it as well, which is, you know, there's, which means that there's one person who gets up and and lectures essentially on a topic for, for 40, 45 minutes. And I have found that, Extremely, um, a lot of fun and extremely helpful for my own writing because, as always, when you teach something, you have to you have to prepare it and you have to make explicit and understandable concepts that may only have been intuitive to you up till then. Okay, my daughter is trying to to Facetime me here, so I'm going <laughs> to have to tell her that. <laughs> mommy's busy sorry (laughs) yeah go right ahead
0: it's okay that's that's why we edit okay let's take a short break while mama bear talks to her cub and uh, when we come back we'll talk about meg's edgar
2: award and much more stay with us from blackstone publishing the dark corners of the night by meg gardner don't miss it this is a great one says stephen king brilliantly written an unforgettable story stunning says don winslow Janet Ivanovich says this is a fantastic series of books by Edgar Award winner Meg Gardner. Meg Gardner is an astonishing writer. I couldn't turn the pages fast enough, says Tess Gerritsen. Meg Gardner treats readers to her very best work yet. I'm so high on this book, says the real book spy. Meg Gardner is one of my favorite authors. She always delivers a terrific read, says Karen Slaughter. Shots fired! Shots fired! He's shooting the Dark Corners of the Night, available everywhere. Of order
1: now. Hi, this is Meg Gardner, author of The Dark Corners of the Night, and you are enjoying The Thriller Zone with David Temple.
0: And we're back. Okay. I wanted to ask you something. You have got, I'm going to show a little bit of my ignorance, but that's okay for me because there's plenty to go around for everyone. Can you tell me the hierarchy of awards that an author can get? Like your Edgar winner multiple times.
1: I've there- I I won Edgar. Oh. One, I've won one Edgar. Been oh. okay. okay. I've
0: been nominated once
1: Okay. But I've I been did. the judge for the Edgars twice. And I, I want
0: to give you Ed- Edgars for everything, I think is
1: what it is. He's just my, my, my buddy there on the shelf back there. Oh, nice. Again, I cleaned up the uh, I cleaned up the office and made sure that he, that Edgar was uh, prominently displayed instead of a box of Kleenex. So there's multiple
0: awards. Is there a, what What's the highest?
1: Well, I would Is- say, of course, the Edgar, and then maybe Wheel of Fortune, and then the Nobel Prize. But okay, uh, I mean, I mean, in the world of literature, clearly, the, 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 the being awarded a Nobel Prize for your body of life's work would be the the ultimate. But um, yeah and as this, this is of course biased by my having won an edgar and having uh, served as president of the mystery writers of america more recently that i i think the edgar is um is the most prestigious uh award in crime writing. It's, it's juried award. I mean, they have a panel of, of professional, of, of professional authors who are, who, who judge it. The, the dagger awards in Britain, um, from the, the, the crime writers association, those are also extremely, um, extremely prestigious. There are a lot of, of, of well-established, uh, awards, uh, the, the Anthony awards, the, the berries, um, the, the international thriller award is, is much more recent. I mean, that's, that's been started since Thrillerfest was, um, was inaugurated now what 10 15 years ago. so um, but it's it's always wonderful to, to 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 get recognition from your peers. there's there's nothing wrong with that. it's it's really validating, it's lovely. It's something that can be put on the you know, the, the cover of your novel uh, from now till till the end of time. and
0: um, New York Times bestselling author that's that certainly is up there.
1: I'm not yet a New York Times best-selling author.
0: No, no, no! I'm saying a New York Times best-selling author would be because it says to me that it's chosen by your fans, the, the audience, readers. I, I, I mean, I'd be, I can't imagine that it's.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's extremely competitive. It has a huge cachet. That's a very small list that comes out every week, so it's it's extremely tough to to crack. It doesn't even necessarily mean that you sold the most books in the country that week. By by any by any measure, <laughs> New York Times does not just tabulate the total number of books sold um, in in the United States in a week and then and then list them on its on its site. Okay, because tabulating how many books are sold is an extremely difficult uh, task. Not every um, not every bookseller you would have to have a, a database that 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 submits. There are so there are. Um, a number of book store, independent bookstores in the United States that the, the New York Times relies on to send them their sales data every week. Um, they, they also rely mysteriously on some algorithm and, and book scan and uh, Ingram and all kinds of other things. But there, there is no master database of books sold in the United States every week. And there are plenty of people who... Um, who sell huge amounts of uh, numbers of books and and may never uh, may never make the the New York Times bestseller list and, for instance, if uh, I don't know that self-published authors are are recognized on on the list at all and I they're, they're I mean that, and that's that's a really tough nut to, to crack at a at a huge level I mean I I know people who are extremely good at independently publishing and they you know they're very successful but. Um, the, the kind of recognition that you would get from having, you know, the the gray lady put its, uh, you know, put its stamp on it as uh, might be elusive in that situation.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to remember how I got turned on to you. I think I remember seeing China Lake. This is so odd. I was doing an analysis in my head uh, for some book covers and I ran, I was researching and I remember seeing China Lake and I'm like, Oh my God, that kind of says exactly what I want. And then I started reading about you. It was probably shortly thereafter. And I'd love to, I'd love to impress you by saying, and I've read all of your books, but I, I picked up unsub and I was like, holy crap, this is great. And then I went right into, into the black nowhere. And then of course I saw you and I picked up the dark corners of the night. And I, that's, it's so funny. It's like picking a favorite book is like picking your favorite child because Often the book that gets me introduced to someone has a visceral connection that I go, oh my god, that's the book. Your character, the way, and, and God, Meg. I don't know if my audience has gotten bored of it yet, but I use you as an example in about every single friggin' conversation. Matter of fact, on a recent edition with um, Sharon Doring, I went all just. I was all Meg love forever because I'm
1: not gonna stop you.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you have this ability to turn a phrase and to first of all, uh, I'm I'm humbled by your vast uh vocabulary. And I and I've I've often said to my wife, do you think she sleeps with a thesaurus? Because her words are just pointing, pointing.
1: Let's see, it's what right there uh, I think it's right there, thesaurus. Okay.
0: The big fat one all joking aside, you have just the most beautiful way with description and words.
1: Well, I I appreciate you that you think so.
0: No, no, no. I you there's a couple of guys, a couple of people that I think of. Well, Raymond Chandler back in the day, I loved his terse. Uh, dialogue just the way it was always and then I grew into really love Elmore Leonard because of the way he just trimmed every square inch of fat off of any sentence and I'm like Mm -hmm. when you read Elmore Leonard at length then you realize man I am just a babbling fool (laughs) but then I discovered Pat Conroy and this is coming back to you so Pat Conroy in a paragraph, would paint this languorous, luscious, lovely scene that could say so much with so few words. Although he used plenty of words, that would just make your mind expand. And every time I read your stuff, I think of that. I mean,
1: that's I think- that's also the the um, the brilliance of editing. <laughs> That, that that having a chance to do a second a third a fourth however many drafts that you you hope that you will improve the prose with every with every draft uh, and it took me a long time to learn that being able to turn a phrase or or come up with a quip in dialogue was wonderful it was fun it you know it made me feel sparkly it's not enough uh that doesn't make a book so of course uh if 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 a turn of phrase comes to a writer, go with it. The inspiration is is always wonderful. If a a fantastic uh, uh, interchange and dialogue pops into your head, write it down. Uh, Don't ever just rest on that though, because none of it's going to matter unless you have you know, absolutely powerful characters who are in a really dynamic conflict in a in a story with a big hook that you know builds to a gripping conclusion. So, that's what that's what polishing is for. When you come to the la- you know when you come to the end, you can you know you 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 find that dialogue that's just kind of sitting there like a wet washcloth, and you and you slap it into shape.
0: <laughs> you know the the reason we love mysteries and thrillers is because it makes us try to figure it out, and we the we turn the page to to take that speed and run with it and escape and love every minute of it and i've i'm trying to think of if it was into the black nowhere or dark corners of the night at the end when i thought it was like dun 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 and then all of a sudden oh well there's more bon dun 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 okay well they can't go anymore dun 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 dun
1: Okay, well, you know I will tell I will tell you two 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 sources that taught me how to do stuff like that. One is okay. is Jeffrey Deaver, who uh, you know who um, is the master of misdirection and the master of the 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 twist, followed by the twist, followed by the twist. And he spends a lot of time uh, before he sits down to actually draft a book. He spends a lot of he spends months uh, thinking up. Uh, the book and those twists. And the the second is uh, Tex Avery and um and uh and Chuck who's who's the uh, the Looney Tunes director. Chuck Jones that you. you don't just have a uh a punchline then you have a twist into a second punchline and then a third twist into the third into the third punchline. So watch watch every Roadrunner cartoon. <laughs> And see how it how it never just how it never just it just rests on us on a single joke. It's there's always a couple of more coming. So those were those You are were. so
0: right. I'm sitting here going back. It's like it's it's not just the cliff, but it's the cliff and then it drops and then there's a twig and then oh, you fall, and then oh wait, there's
1: one dangling leaf. And then the piano lands on him. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> or the massive anvil. Uh-huh. Jeffrey Deaver, uh, I've tried to, I think the very first book I read of his may have been when he had I want to say it maybe you'd taken on the James Bond franchise
1: mm-hmm. carte mm-hmm. blanche.
0: Yes. And I was like, wow, this Moe can right. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I never thought about that, but I'm going to go back and reread that because I want to, that really is a, a craft, a talent to up, yeah. up, up, up. up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all you've all got You've got to build it in there. You've got to build it in. When you think it up, you've got to go back and, and and try to figure out how this fits with character. Does it, is it, will it actually advance the plot? Will it surprise and delight the readers without making them think, oh, that this is just stupid and, and, and ridiculous. It's all got to fit.
0: Yeah. it's sometimes I say to myself, uh, the people who, uh, what did I read? Okay. I don't want to mention that because I loved the book, but there was this one element that they did and it was, they were running to this, and then they had a car chase, and they were running to this, and then it was a motorcycle, to this, and there was a point, I, my wife and I re- I handed it to her, she read it right away, and she said, uh, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so there's a chase, got it, move on. Mm-hmm. So China Lake, Mission Canyon, Jericho Point, Crosscut Kill Chain, that's mm-hmm. Evan Delaney, Joe Beckett, Dirty Secrets Club, uh, The Memory Club, Liars Lullaby the nightmare thief. And when those series came to you, you, you said to yourself, Hey, you know what? This feels like two or three, maybe four
1: books. Do you see it that way? Do you go? Not at all. I mean, I just, I wrote China Lake. I wrote China Lake. I had an idea for the character and the, and the, and the story. And so I wrote China Lake. <laughs> and uh, then I was offered a, a publishing contract uh, in the UK with Hodder and Stoughton. And they said, um, we'd like you to write another book. Can you write a sequel? And I've said, of course I can. And then I panicked because I had no idea what I was going to write about because I had only thought about China Lake. Uh, so I did not conceive of it as a as a series, uh, but they asked me if I could turn it into one. So I, um, so I did, uh, but of course, after, after, there are five books. I will, I will say to anybody, anybody who was out there, because I get this question still a lot, is that will I will I ever continue the series? And I do have the sixth book, uh, kind of kind of outlined. I don't have a space for it on the publication schedule yet. Um, because the, the fifth book kind of ends on a on a cliffhanger and now it's been years, and people are kind of wondering, are, are they still holding on to that cliff or is that you know, like are the roots starting to tear out? Are they gonna fall off or what? Right, right. Uh, but the thing was with that series, because I just wrote the uh, the book that just came to me and was a you know a passion project, and I didn't consciously try to craft it as a crime series. Uh, I, Evan Delaney is a, a journalist. She's she's a writer. She's and and a and a former lawyer, so she is not in the crime business, you know. And the the China Lake was about um, was about her family, and uh, you know she's trying to protect her nephew from um, this apocalyptic sect that his, that his mother has joined, uh, while his dad is, uh, is uh, he's a naval aviator and he's deployed, uh, you know, at sea. So Evan is taking care of this little boy, the six-year-old boy, and the mother comes back and wants him and she's going to take him off to this, you know, this cult compound. And Evan has to try to keep them from getting, getting hold of him. Uh, so that was, that was the, the thread of this, of the story. I didn't correct consciously crafted as well, Evan is going to be a crime fighter. She's going to, you know, she's going to have, uh, adventures like Kinsey Milhone or, or V.I. Warshawski oh, yeah. or, or anything like that. So, um, to, to create a series then with a, with a character who, uh, is, uh, is not in law enforcement. is not a PI. Um, doesn't really uh, doesn't really have uh, a, a career as an investigator other than being other than being an investigative journalist so uh, how how was I going to continue that series indefinitely uh, became became a question so I ended it on a on a cliffhanger <laughs> and by that right. point I'd had um, my I'd had a concept for uh, the Dirty Secrets Club which was not a story that fit with anything that Evan Delaney would be involved in. So, if, if you're going to write a story, you've got to write write the story, but it's it needs to center on the character who has the most at stake in that story and who who fits with that story. So, I created um, an entirely different world for uh, for for that book, centered around um, centered around Joe, uh, Joe Beckett, who's a forensic psychiatrist who consults for the San Francisco Police. So, yeah.
0: So you're, you're not going on record as saying that the sixth will drop in the Delaney No, series. it's
1: not going to yeah. drop. Evan, Evan does appear in, in the Nightmare Thief. That's a crossover. It's got her and Joe both in that. And, uh, I, the, there's a Evan Delaney prequel short story in a, in a, in an anthology of short stories It was uh, published last year, deadly Antho- deadly anniversary, which is just out in paperback, uh, this year. So, um. But uh, for, for people who were going to email me or, or tweet at me, don't, I have not forgotten about these people. I still like them. I still like them. They're, they're, they're just sitting in the back room kind of twiddling their thumbs and looking at their watches, wondering what, what's up with me.
0: And so with Joe Beckett, for instance, when you got to the end of that those four books, that's when you go, you know what, enough was said. Or was it like the first story where... Hey, do you have any more of this? I mean, that's got to be uh, an amazing happenstance for someone to just say, "I love that," and let's make it more. As long yeah, as you're feeling
1: it's, it's wonderful, and you know, part part of it is is what uh, is uh, the, the the stories that come to me. Part of it, of course, is uh, the business of publishing where um, if if publishers are really hot for standalone novels, sometimes you know they will say, okay, uh, everybody wants standalone novels now. Uh, what have you got? Do you have an idea for the you know, for a self-contained book? So uh, I say I certainly do and I've uh, published three standalones uh, uh, as well as uh, now three series. So uh, it's 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 mix and match. I mean some stories uh, really do, come to a conclusion uh, for for the characters in their world and uh, they could but readers love them just as much as uh, as a series
0: that's a great question does does that move in cycles is there a point where you're like oh everybody wants a series and then all of a sudden no let's just do standalones because i'm thinking of uh, a lot of the authors that i follow they do a lot of standalones. so what what's your take on that and or experience
1: it's um, readers love series. The, the issue with series sometimes is that readers always want to start at the beginning. So if you uh, have book 16 in a series coming out and they've never heard of you, they might say, uh, I would love to start a new series, but I'm not going to read this one. I got I'm going to go back to to number one and start there. Um, I, I had a I got an email from a reader who was uh, recently who was very disappointed that he picked up uh, one of the Evan Delaney novels and that it did not say part 5 on the cover. <laughs> so there's all kinds of stuff in here that 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 I don't know about. Boo hoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz I presume that this all happened in the previous four books. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, but- yeah. That's why that's why all the books are listed in order and, and at the inside the front cover. Yeah. Hmm.
0: And- Oh, that's what that table of contents is anyway, for.
1: But yeah, a lot of readers will take a, well, as the Brits say, take a flyer on um, on a standalone. That's how a lot of books become, you know, the, the big, you know, the big talking points of the summer. It's easy to pick up a a, a fresh book that's got a fresh idea and, you know, readers will glom onto that joyfully. So, uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But a lot of the, a lot of the big books of the past few years have been, have been have been standalone I think of gone girl um, the chain uh, you know, the girl in the train uh, uh, falling this summer um, the razor blade tears. that's you know those are those are all uh, those are all standalones so yeah. There's
0: so that. many things rushing through my head, whizzing past. Uh, I'm going to go in reverse order. Razorblade Tears. Did I did I see a? That's just through?
1: out. That is just out. Last uh, a few days ago. Uh, last week. Essay uh, Cosby. It's a Southern rural noir.
0: Yeah, um, and your husband said uh, he's going on a flight. He goes, I'm not leaving without that book or something. right. Because right, he had
1: re- he had read uh, John Cosby's previous novel a few months ago, and he loved it so much that a uh, blacktop wasteland. He loved that book so much that he said, okay, uh, I hear this dude has a new book out. Is that true? I said, yes. He goes, okay, now I know what I want to read. So wow. Yeah.
0: All right. Question number two. So he's an avid reader. Yes. Your husband. Yeah. My
1: husband. Yes.
0: And he's read everything you've written.
1: Damn right. Damn straight girl. And if you don't, you're not coming home. That's right.
0: And uh, you mentioned another one, TJ Newman with falling. Have you, Yes. Have you seen anything like that happen quite that big and that fast and that?
1: Well, sure. It happens. I mean, it happened with, uh, with Dan Brown, with, um, you know, with angels and demons and, uh, but but it's, but it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic book. It's a, it's a great summer thriller. Absolutely. Fantastic. And, uh, You know, she's got the she's got the cred. I mean, it's about an airline pilot who boards his flight, cross-country flight. And uh, as he takes off, he gets a message that says, we have your family. Crash the plane or they die. Uh, so what's he going to do? Um, and uh, and the author is uh, is a um, spent. You know, ten years as a flight attendant for Virgin America and Alaska Airlines. So um, yeah. so that gives you like, oh, she's got the inside scoop. She knows what yeah. she's. about. But it's it's a it is a rocket sled of a book. Um, so I t- totally recommend it.
0: Yeah, I think I read it. It took me only two days, maybe yeah. maybe two and a half days. Wife read it. She read it in a day and a half. It was we we just ripped through it. Um, I'm trying to think of the last book that, well, I got to tell you, um, unsub I ripped through because that was such a poignant, powerful character. And you, this, this other thing flashed in my head, uh, uh when you were speaking and, uh, I'm, I wanted to make sure I, I thanked you again. Like I don't, like I don't do this enough. Thriller Fest 2019. I think I had just, I came up, I got you to sign one of my books and we're chatting I don't know if you remember this. I,
1: I do remember it was in one of those big rooms where they, where you have to hop down off the stage to, to talk to people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I had just, I gotten a little deflated because I just pitched a book that I took up there with me. And, and uh, the gentleman just couldn't have been any more No, no, no. And I was like, okay. And we talked about it. I've, ta- I've told this story too many times on the show, so I'm not going to tell it again. But I walked in and I was coming in, a, you were one of the first faces I saw. And I, I generally don't try to wear that laundry in public, but um, you were just, uh, you're so approachable and so kind. And I made the comment about, man, he just shot that story down. And you said, so? And I'm like, yeah, so that's one opinion. And, and secondly, it's your story. I was talking about it, it. It had already been done before. Yeah. But no one's going to tell like you, David, mm-hmm. I walked away, Meg. I would, you'll, you'll never really know what that meant to me. It just It meant the well, world. I'm
1: glad. And I I would stand by that today. Yeah. It's Absolutely true. It is. It's hard to hear it. There's, I mean, there's nothing, it's hard to get a rejection on paper. It's, it's, it's hard to get it in, the, in an envelope or in, in your inbox. Uh, it's, 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 awful to get it face to face. But, um, and when we keep saying, you know, we got to develop a, a thick skin, you know, yeah, well, we don't want to, you know, develop, you know, a paper cut, just looking at a piece of paper, but, but you don't want to be a, a rhinoceros about this stuff. It's, it's, it, this is the work of, you know, God knows how many years and how much sweat and, and labor and love that you put into it. So it's, of course it's going to sting. And it, it, there's no way it's that it shouldn't, but, yeah. but so what? So what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> Two words.
0: You sent me on my way. I, awesome. I, I, walked on clouds from there. I, I think it was just because I respect you so much. Oh, and I right thought she, you yeah, know, she's right. And, and I'm, I'm not lacking for confidence. I don't, <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. I didn't get to where I got by being a, a unconfident, but you know, this is a new career. This is my third chapter, my third career. So uh, I'm going in at kind of two guns loaded and full barrels and yeah,
1: and, and 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 I and I, I probably said that to you because I I, I think I trusted you enough th- 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 that you were that you were smart enough and understand the business enough to know that yeah, sometimes what we've what we write won't sell Uh, and what that means is that we need to look at what at what we've written and find out number one is it strong enough is there a reason why it didn't you know if if every comment and critique we get you know hits on the same thing like no uh calling it jurassic park about (laughs) these scientists reanimated the dinosaurs really has been done um, (laughs) that we might listen to that but but being willing to, um, to continue to work on our craft and to go on to, and to be willing always be ready to write the next thing that, um, if, if for some reason our stuff isn't hitting, we we've got the, we've got more stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and to put a button on it is, um, I did learn a lot. That was, that was two years ago now. And I, I learned enough that said, you know, you're right. Is it the best thing? It's pretty good. Uh, I went back and worked on it harder again and recrafted some things. But I'm also a big fan of finish it, move on. There's plenty more. I mean, mm-hmm. if you and I both know uh, you probably do this all the time. Well, of course you do. And we're going to get to crime headlines in a second. All you got to do is pick up a newspaper or uh, hear something on the radio and uh, it'll just trigger a thought. And you're like, huh. What if this were to turn that upside down? So, mm-hmm. point taken, um, Tony, and um, uh, moving on. But yet I digress. Mm-hmm. Did we unsub Black Nowhere Dark Corners? Is there a fourth? Yes.
1: Sub four is is coming. Details very soon. So. Okay. Yes.
0: And I do know, I remember I was piddling across Blackstone Publishing has become some mm-hmm. kind of a behemoth. I mean, it's only the largest indie publisher of audiobooks, maybe, I don't know, in the business. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that they were doing a little co-op, uh, cooperative venture with the, the Story Factory who uh, helps manage you and your intellectual property. And gosh, if this is already, if I missed it, then somebody just shoot me in the face. I know Amazon bought Dark Corners of the Night. That is still yet to come. Correct.
1: Correct. Amazon Studios bought uh, the Dark Corners of the Night for development as a television drama. Yes. So, um, so that is in process right now. Which means you know they've got a uh, Lawrence Trilling is uh, executive producing it. He's the showrunner. He also uh, makes uh, Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton for Amazon. The, the pilot is uh, is being written. Um, and they've got you know they've got a team assembled for all of that, and I hope there will be more news soon. But it's all it's, I've got a lot of stuff that's like the st- stuff is, is is bubbling, but uh, I'm I'm being coy about about exactly what's going on. So
0: that's fine. But you, I just want to tap into your enthusiasm. I don't I don't need uh, secret details. Uh, that wouldn't be fair. But that's got to be one of the. I mean, that's my ultimate dream. I mean, I can't think of a more ultimate dream than to write a book and then get it turned on to the screen. What does that feel like for you?
1: Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's I'm aware that it's that it's a I, I've I've tried deliberately to treat it as the cherry on the sundae. That I mean, there's so many more books written every year than um, the than television shows or movies ever produced. So it's unlike it's 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 a it's an uphill climb anyway to uh to get attention to 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 a novel and have it have it optioned for for the screen so i was absolutely 100% delighted by that extremely excited to know that uh you know who who was the, the production company and the people behind it uh, are you know extremely professional and wonderful storytellers, and to have some uh, the trust that they will do right by by the material. And like you said, it's a, it's a completely different medium, it's a different me- method of storytelling. So I I'm involved, but I'm not I'm not at, around the table writing you know uh, writing dialogue day by day with the with the. The, with with the primary screenwriters. i as an author you have to be willing to let go a bit to know that it need, it will have to be reimagined for for the screen and if if you can't if you can't do that then you'd ever, better be in a position where you you get to to create it yourself and and put it out there otherwise uh, don't bother you know don't bother sending it out if, if you're going to be a stickler for uh, making sure it's exactly the way it is on the page
0: but you would like to i'm assuming i, I have to believe because you're so hyper creative you would love to get inside that writing room maybe eventually and, oh, and
1: sure absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah it's uh you know i just uh, you know fairly recently discovered uh you know final draft software and that formats everything for you it's so much more intuitive than word i'm like this is a piece of cake no no offense to screenwriters i know how exacting and tough the discipline in the industry is but so that was that was a formatting joke.
0: Yeah, I've written two screenplays. And one of them, fortunately, was able to get turned into a movie by my hand. The format is specific. And I thought I knew the format until I showed I've got a buddy, a long, long time buddy, who works at the Warner Brothers. And he looked at one of my first screenplays. And he, he goes, Okay, here's the good news. You're not you know how to use final draft. Here's the bad news you're about 45 pages over and you're giving me way too much direction. And here's why. And he's like, Mm -hmm. that's a harsh, but really powerful lesson because it's a whole different way to tell the story. But I got to tell you something. I love writing screenplays because, which is, it's going to sound counterintuitive because like with your writing and the writing we all love is color and, death, tremors and scares. And so you just got, you picked up a copy.
1: Uh, oh, a, a, a final, final draft. draft. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And you're, you're digging that. Have you oh, tried yeah. to take one of your stories or just an idea of a story and put it in there just for kicks and giggles?
1: Oh, I I have written, you know, tr- just tried to do it, uh, you know, and, and even beyond like the, the dinosaur attacked the Taco Bell kind of, you know, level of this is how you, this is how you do the, the, the exposition and the, and the, and the dialogue, but uh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes eventually. But uh, right now, I'm 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 stuck into uh, into writing novels uh, and and hoping to branch out a bit more and flex some more muscles.
0: Now, so TV and film being two different things, have you had anybody approach you? Um, would you like to do take one of your books and turn it into a movie? I wouldn't toys? say
1: no again. Yep. <laughs> I'm The only author I know who, is, who absolutely refused to let her material be adapted was Sue Grafton. She would not let the, the Alphabet Mysteries be adapted. She had been a television writer, and she said she knew too much about how the sausage was made, and she didn't uh, want to turn her characters over to anybody. Yeah,
0: I love that series. I read every single stinking one of them until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, God, she had such a simple, elegant way to tell a
1: story. But yeah, but she, I mean, if, so, if someone, uh, you know, if the MGM helicopter settled on my lawn outside, which I presume they've got helicopters for these things that, and uh, and said, hey, we want this book, I would be abandoning you and running outside. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. One of my guilty pleasures of the day is following your crime headlines.
1: <laughs> oh, that's what yes
0: oh my God, on Twitter. And they're just, I try not to comment on too many of them because people have better uh, things to do with their time than to see what I go. Really? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Again? What? How are you? De- but here's my point. First of all, I want to know the gestation of that because I love, I, I, I want to hear how your crazy kooky little mind goes. And number two, so you can ponder on this is give me one that you run across lately that you said to yourself, okay, now this one takes it to a whole new level.
1: Oof, I'd have to go back. There's, there are just so many, it's hard to sort yeah. through them. I, um, life is pretty absurd and, um, there are, uh, thanks to, uh, television cameras and cell phone cameras and, uh, news feeds. There are plenty of ways to find out just how absurd, uh, homo sapiens can actually behave. So, uh, I. Twitter can become a you know it can become a doom scrolling cesspool of negativity and snark, and I thought I would rather inject some some levity into that. And being a crime writer, I would just look for dumb crimes. Not everything is a crime headline of the day. Sometimes it's just a, a headline of the day. The mo the one that got the the biggest response. And the, this year was uh, was the BBC headline: um, mystery beast in tree revealed as croissant. <laughs> like they'd had like a SWAT team and animal control come out to 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 like to like taser this like beast, this strange beast in a tree outside an apartment building, and it was a croissant. So, but the, the but the crime headline of the day is is people. People can be dumb, and uh, so just pointing out the absolutely uh, absurd ways they uh, do dumbness in public and get caught for it, um, I use it as a lesson and as a way to just absolutely point and laugh at, at, at people. I try, I try to make sure that I do, not, I do not generally ever post anything about something where people get seriously hurt.
0: Right, right, right. Uh,
1: there's we're not. I don't. The, the crime headline of the day is not about a series of gruesome murders, or you know, or, or certainly about animals being injured or or anything like that. But just you know, it's like drunken pig attacks cow and cop that comes to come that 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 arrives to stop the melee, uh, or you know, oh. woman crashes through through ceiling tiles at uh, at Burger King in attempt to steal the fries. That that kind of that kind of thing. <laughs> so, and, uh, and, and sometimes I put the states. Uh, you know, if it happens in a particular state, I put that in the in the um, in the tweet, which is basically to tell the rest of the United States, you you're not trying hard enough to keep up with Florida, so you better up your game. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: And no offense to certain shopping complexes, but why do I see more of the stranger stories happening in or near a Walmart?
1: <laughs> a lot of square footage. They've got, they're they big. <laughs> a lot of square footage on the floor. Nicely there.
0: done. Nicely done. I don't but, know, you know why
1: there do tend to be themes and you find out that certain phrasing of, of headlines tends to be funnier. And um, I realize you, you don't comment that often. But uh, Sandra Brown, the, the author, every, every now and then she she comments and she goes naked again.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: looks <laughs> like, you know, it's like uh, someone uh, captured with uh, with, uh, you know, 175 bowling balls stolen from the alley naked. And she's like, why are they always naked? Why are they always naked? Because it's, it's funnier if I find a, find a headline where someone is doing something stupid, um, literally exposing themselves to ridicule. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're, you wonder what's going through their mind. Okay. I could just go steal these, but I'll go naked.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last crazy thing I did naked, but uh, maybe I'll save that for another show. Um, yeah. So last night over dinner, my wife and I were talking, and I, I know this question coming at you has probably got to be in the top three questions you get asked. So you can you can go, Dave, please shut up. I've heard that too much. Or you can go, oh, here you go. And I said, hey, uh, because being in radio, I, I like to hear different opinions. Honey, if you could ask Meg Gardner any one thing, what would it be? She goes, you know what? Because she loved Dark Corners of the Night. Mm-hmm. She read that probably the second fastest I've seen her read anything. And she said, uh, I just want to know. She goes, you talk so highly of her and, and I've seen her, her her posts and different. She seems so sweet. Where does she come up with these ideas? And I said, well, I'll ask her. Yeah.
1: I am sweet. <laughs> That doesn't mean that I can't come up with crazy ideas, you know. The editor says or an agent says, Could could you write a a really terrifying novel about a serial killer? I say Yes, I could. Give me give me a chance to think about everything that uh, that terrifies me and that seems to be terrifying everyone uh, in, in the in the culture and is ringing a bell with people's uh, conscious and unconscious uh, fears. And I'll see how I can um, can pull that out and turn that into uh, some gripping fiction. Send you guys on a roller coaster ride. Yeah, uh, um, in, in an emotionally satisfying way. I mean, we all like uh, to take a look at the dark side of things, and and one things that thrillers do is allow us as writers to take readers on that journey, but make let them feel like we're going to bring them back safely. Oh, you know, we're, not, we're not going to just have the the roller coaster end, um, uh, or like the the, the, the Simpsons, the, the the escalator to nowhere, where people get up and. Ah! They keep going right. up uh, that, that we are going to bring the bring it back around uh, to the, you know, to the platform and let you uh, get off safely, perhaps with your hair a little a little must, but uh, in one piece. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we all have as Stephen King says, you want to write a story, uh, go down into the basement, dig up the stuff that's down there. And uh, we we just have to be willing to to access it. it doesn't mean that I wasn't good at making cupcakes for the, you know, the second grade classroom. I wasn't a den mother for the Cub Scouts.
0: (laughs) Oh, bless your heart. Honey, she's not really that evil. She's, (laughs) She's still very sweet. She just got a demented mind. Let's keep yeah. that between us.
1: It all comes out on the page, not on, not in not in my actions on uh, on the street. So that's that's good.
0: Well, you know, I think of it this way: <clears throat> When's the last time you got really, really mad at someone or or, or a situation, not pointing at anyone specifically, and you go, "Man, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to." I have those thoughts quite often, and uh, so I'm talking to Tam the other day, and I, I got, I was in a mood, and she goes, "Well." What would you say to him? I'm like say to him, say, uh, "No, I want to take some uh, garden shears and take his fingers off one by one at the middle knuckle until one hand is done and go, "Now, nah, now nah, how you feeling?" <laughs> and she looks at me like, "Okay. So you guys are me.
1: pretty open about about your feelings."
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you you could say that. I I'm very transparent, Mag. I'll mm-hmm. tell you like it is. We watch an inordinate amount of detective shows, and I'm completely sucked into PBS. I don't know why. I, PBS has a whole different mindset about their detective stories. We're watching uh, Unforgotten right now. I can't get enough of them, and every, you know, night after night, I, we we watch two or three episodes at a time, and I'm like, and the other night I said, "What is it a?" About me, that I just love to watch all this dark humanity, and I, I kind of ask you that: What do you think that thing is in us that we just like to peek behind that? And
1: well, we're we're nosy, we're we're curious, and we're nosy, and uh, we love gossip. We love, uh, uh, like you said, a peek behind the curtain. We like to see uh, how uh, any any uh, arcane. Uh, Closed-off world actually operates, whether it's uh, the FBI, uh, you know, or Treadstone uh, in the Born, you know, the the right. the Born books and movies, or the Mafia and, and anti-hero stories, you know, uh, the the meth lab that uh, that Walter White uh, uh, runs in Breaking Bad and um we sometimes we watch to see see the bad guys get their comeuppance we like to to look to see how far they're going and wonder how we would behave in the same situation hoping that we would uh act differently and i think we also really in the us britain especially uh, the fiction that that's been written for 90 years um or even going back to uh, you know back to the 19th century uh the whole concept of mystery and detective stories implies that we recognize that there are uh, things can go wrong in the world that there are injustices that crimes are committed and that that's not a good thing but there are forces attempting to put it right that when chaos uh, causes uh, someone's world to uh, to fall apart or you know them to be uh, victimized in a crime that society will recognize that and that there are people who will act on all our behalves. To try to uh, uh, to bring about some form of justice, and they have, the, these stories imply that justice is a thing that exists; that we don't just live in this, you know, nasty, brutish, and short uh, <laughs> state of nature world where you know that anything goes. That 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 there are rights and wrongs, and that we can distinguish between them, and that. Um, Occasionally uh, we, can, we can put right what is wrong at least, at least in some way. So they are uh, they can be very dark, but they can be essentially hopeful and optimistic and uh, overall, I think.
0: Yeah. That is one of the most concise, well-thought-out answers I, I may have heard in quite some time. Oh thank you. <laughs> yeah, Bravo. <laughs> Let's take a short break and when we come back, we'll hear what Meg reads in her spare time who the authors are that she's following. And as we begin to wrap the show, I'll ask Meg a couple of fun, random questions that I'm sure you'll get a kick out of. But first, here's a teaser for a book you have to read this summer.
2: Stay tuned for more of the Thriller Zone. We'll be right back. They kidnapped the pilot's family before takeoff. They gave him an ultimatum. Crash the plane or your family dies. Now one FBI agent on the ground is racing against time to stop a crime 35,000 feet in the air. Will the pilot choose his family or the 144 passengers? Some of the biggest authors in the world are talking about falling by T.J. Newman. Non-stop, totally authentic suspense, says James Patterson.
0: The perfect summer thriller raves Janet Ivanovich.
2: This is Jaws at 35,000 feet, says Don Winslow. Amazing, intense suspense, shocks and scares, Lee Child. This is the best thriller I've read in years, Adrian McKinty. We'll have you in its grips from first page to last, Steve Kavanaugh. Can the FBI save the passengers before the pilot has to choose? Enjoy the flight. The Thriller Sound.
0: The first question is, what do you read in your spare time? And the second question is, do you have a favorite author? That's the one that kind of puts you on the spot. But
1: I um, I read very eclectically. Uh, I treat, I read very widely in the thriller and crime genre. Uh, the reason I write these books, I think, is because I grew up. Uh, and came to adulthood loving thrillers, just absolutely loving them, inhaling them. The, you know, the, the tension, the suspense, the race against time, the the gigantic stakes, the people who have to make life and death decisions with their backs up against the wall, finding who can rise to the challenge, you know, who's going to, who's going to fall, who's going to betray, who's going to, you know, where will courage went out? I mean, that just, that just swept me away. But, um, As far as uh, I read, uh, I read a lot of nonfiction as well. Uh, I'm trying to uh, make, I mean, I've, I read voraciously. So a lot of my favorite authors, I've already read everything they've, they've written, which means that I get a chance. I'm trying to deliberately make sure I, I I reach out and and read authors who are new to me to see what, you know, what, what other voices who I haven't heard are really, are really talking about everybody from S.A. Cosby, um, Rachel Housel Hall, Alafair Burke, um, Stephen Graham Jones, who isn't quite crime. He he, he 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 writes some some horror just to really find fresh new stories and 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 love the writing and and everything. Favorite authors? I mean, you, I would go on until my computer like blew up here. Just,
0: just give me two or three hundred. Uh, you know, no, 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 I, no just,
1: I, will ju- I will just give you Stephen King.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough.
1: For for reasons uh, uh, cultural uh, and, and personal, he's just always going to be my favorite author. He, I mean, his books just consistently have blown me away since I ever picked up, since I first picked up *The Stand*, um, and uh, since then he again he's another he's 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 the biggest dog in American lit i think and he has been very kind to me and to so many other writers it's uh, paying it forward because uh because people listen to him that it's um it's been ex- extremely gratifying
0: he does have a way with words and his volume his repeated volume uh this last little venture side venture notwithstanding which is a smaller paperback and i, I can't it's not ringing me right it was hard second. case
1: crime i can't the, t- the title eludes me but yeah he's written for them before um,
0: yeah it looks like a, a pulp fiction brag but boy I, I just i am boggled at the volume of words steven is just always it's just a slow steady steep uh lingering staircase to a mm-hmm. frantic surprise and he
1: understands character and the people he writes about feel extremely real to us on the on the on the page he understands uh um American characters from from the trailer park to the White House so uh he's seriously he 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 knows he knows people from the inside out and he portrays them with with uh insight and compassion even the worst people they they remain human beings uh and uh and which makes them, which makes the stories feel, no matter how out there they are, uh, with supernatural elements, they feel um, grounded in in emotional reality. So uh, he's 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 our he's our Dickens in that way. This <laughs> stuff is going to last.
0: You know, everybody uh, or most everyone knows who knows you knows you're a prolific writer. You have a way with words. You're very well spoken. You're a Jeopardy genius. Um, well, what is something that people would be surprised to learn about Meg Gardner?
1: I um, I lettered in cross country in college in, in, uh, at, at Stanford. Yeah, I was the cross country team. Let's see what else. And uh, this this the, not everybody knows this, even though it is in my Twitter bio. I'm a reformed mime. I'm a re- re- rehabilitated mime. <laughs> I was a theater kid in high school. I joined the mime troop because I couldn't sing. <laughs>
0: Oh my God, that is so funny! I it was fun. On.
1: It was huge fun. <laughs> but I will warn anybody: if if you if you uh, go out to a performance wearing white pancake makeup and and black turtlenecks, just say if you stop at the Baskin Robbins on the way back to sixth period, don't be surprised if the next thing you see are the are the sheriffs flashing lights in your rear view mirror because someone has called, called 911 and said that um, the Baskin Robbins was being robbed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God, that's my, I'm just trying to see you doing some mime. I'm I'm going to see, maybe we can, maybe we can bring some of that back in uh thriller fest uh, 2022.
1: Uh well that I would, um, I could carve out a little space. I could carve out a box.
0: Yeah, and nice. I wrap
1: myself in it in a corner of the room. Just like you've got that one behind you. You've got your yes, ma'am. Like My box would have would I would eventually be easier to get out of because I wouldn't yeah. have to actually get a get a screwdriver to disassemble it.
0: So as we wrap it down, you've been so gracious with your time. Thank you very much, Meg. i, I like to ask a few questions that I'm just it's just pure curiosity. Part of it is boyer, part of it's just, you know, my radio background. So I'm like, when you sit down to write. Do you like to listen to music or do you like it silent? And if you do like music, what's, do you have a certain flavor that you like to listen to?
1: Jean? Uh, Two-part answer. When I am writing a rough draft, I generally prefer silence and I prefer, now I prefer my noise canceling headphones because music is, I find music, so wonderful and powerful that it that it tends to distract me when I need to um, to be putting all my creative focus into uh, into crafting the words, especially if there's something with lyrics. That's that when you're trying to write your own words down, I find it very difficult. If I'm just writing a rough draft, when I get to the point where I'm editing, uh, for some reason that flips a different kind of uh, circuit in my brain, and I love to to edit with uh, with soundtracks. With with movie soundtracks. Yeah. They tend to be atmospheric and uh they rise and fall and they're supposed to lead you through an emotional journey. So you pick you pick the right tone and uh put yourself in that frame of mind. Uh and it it can really get you into a get you into the zone where you want to be. Are you a I Spotify? Oh. Spotify, I don't I have an Amazon playlist, but also for the dark corners of the night, I um it's not a it's not a spoiler to say that the the killer listens to a lot of of music. Uh, and I was looking for a playlist that might fit the, this person's, um, taste. And I was just like Googling like weird topics. And finally I hit on like dark industrial metal. And I thought that sounds like something that would terrify suburban parents. Let me, let's, let me put together a playlist like this. And that's where I got a lot of the killers, uh, Uh, favorite songs. But it turns out it's it's a wonderful playlist. It's extremely melodic and it's full of angst and drama. And so uh, I could listen to that. A lot of Nine Inch Nails.
0: Do you still have the list?
1: Oh, well, I went to Amazon and uh, Amazon Music and then just type in in dark industrial metal and it'll it'll create a a playlist for you.
0: (laughs) Because I was going to say, I'm a big fan of, I listen to so many different sources, but the nice thing about Spotify is I will build a list for this exact same way whether it's rough drafting or i need to build a tense scene then i tend to love you know born identity soundtrack for instance zero dark 30 mm-hmm. hans zimmer uh yeah, tiesto yeah. which is high beats per minute and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. I, I will often share my my right. my little
1: if, uh, when you're on deadline and you have an action scene to edit i completely heartily recommend the gladiator soundtrack. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, nice one. Excellent. Um, you're getting ready to have, uh, your favorite wine over a very delicious dinner with your husband. You get to invite two friends to the dinner, uh, living or past, uh, could be writer, could be just anyone. I'm just, who would you invite?
1: Hmm. Uh, I would, I would serve a sense there and, um there are far too many people that i would uh, that i would uh, love to invite i would uh, since we're in austin i would wave out the i would call to uh, jeff abbott who's another the thriller writer who also lives in austin and uh, he and his family can can bring over <laughs> a little potluck and they can they can bring it in and uh, nice and amanda airward who is also another uh, austin um austin writer not a crime novelist but uh, she's uh, was her Book the Jet Setters was a Reese Witherspoon's pick recently. And uh, they're just, they're just adorable people that I'd love to spend an evening with.
0: <laughs> nice. Let's see. So you, uh oh, and uh, at that dinner, I'm just curious just because I'm always tuned into music, what would be playing in the background with that delicious wine and those fun people?
1: <laughs>
0: it's a Saturday night. It's summertime. Windows are open. Breeze. Going. Tom Petty,
1: the Beatles, Foo Fighters, um, uh, some of the artists that uh, my husband Paul Shreve, he uh, runs a, uh, a a small Americana music label, so we'd be playing some of uh, some of his artists, uh, Rebecca Lobey and Ray Prim, and uh, Radio Gunners, and uh, we'd uh, be sitting out on the porch and uh, talking about whatever the next book is we're going to write.
0: I love it. Well. Thank you again for joining us. If people want to get hold of you, Meggardner.com is probably the best way to do that, right? Correct. And you're going to keep us posted on when all your fabulous books are going to get turned into blockbuster movies and TV shows.
1: I will. And I will keep you posted on the publication date for the uh, upcoming novels. And uh, we'll keep going from there. You can find me on Twitter if you want if you have suggestions for stupid crime <laughs> at Meggardner1. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Meg, thank you so much for this time. It
1: was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on.
0: Big thanks to Meg Gardner for joining our podcast. Just delightful and what a treat. And hey, if it hadn't been for the fact that she has so many irons in the fire, I'm pretty sure we could have talked for hours. If you haven't read her latest thriller, The Dark Corners of the Night, don't waste another minute. Snag a copy today. Okay, now a quick plug for our next special guest. On next Friday's Thriller Zone, you'll want to tune in to meet the brilliant and prolific thriller writer Ted Bell. Tune in as we learn how he has managed to craft 11 consecutive New York Times bestsellers with the lead character Alex Hawke, a dashing aristocrat many compare to James Bond. Please join me next week, whether on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts, for yet another episode of The Thriller Zone. The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox, The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.